This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex questions every Monday morning. If you have a question, and it has to do with Forex, and you cannot find the answer anywhere, you can ask me. You go to nononsenseforex.com slash askvp, fill out the form, and I will answer your question typically within 48 hours. And then maybe, just maybe, your question will make an episode of the show. So very little to complain about in terms of the podcast. We're hitting record numbers on Spotify, which is still by far our number one platform. Thank you, Spotify Nation. Uh, iTunes as well, we're hitting record numbers on. And then third would be YouTube, holding steady on YouTube. And then fourth, as far as the most popular platforms that the Forex Q&A podcast is on, would be Stitcher. Stitcher is the main, I think podcasting platform for Android. It is the one I use. Um, For the most part, I like it. For some reason, it does not play well all the time with the podcast, at least my podcast. So for those of you out there on Stitcher, understand that every once in a while, um, Stitcher will not broadcast an episode of the Forex Q&A podcast. We're trying to figure out why this is. It's something to do with my feed. If you have a podcast, you have something called an RSS feed, and you submit it to you know, whatever platform you want to be on. That's the information they read, and then they broadcast your podcast on their platform. For whatever reason, Stitcher insists on being the only platform out there that does not always get the information like everybody else does. So every, I don't know, five episodes or so, you'll, you'll have a, an episode that just doesn't show up. So what I would like you to do if you're on Stitcher is to continue listening to the podcast on Stitcher because getting good numbers there is important. But you can always go to YouTube. Every podcast I make also broadcasts on YouTube because a lot of people actually get their podcasts that way. And so you can just go there and catch the episode there if you like and then just return to Stitcher the next week because the odds are that uh, that we're going to be back. There doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason why certain episodes make it and certain episodes don't. We're working on that. It's pretty technical. And if it's technical, then it usually loses me. But a big thank you to Stitcher Nation for staying loyal and alerting me to when the uh, the podcast does not make it. Um, I can already see it on my end, but I do appreciate the uh, the heads up. So here in episode 17, we're going to take just a little bit of a turn this week and kind of take a break from the more technical side of Forex and talk about a unique advantage that I feel like I had before I ever started trading Forex. And on the surface, it may not seem like much of an advantage. Um, It may not seem like it even really relates to Forex, but it absolutely does. And I think without it, um, it would have taken me even longer to get to the level I did. And I may have never even gotten there, to be honest with you. Because as we had mentioned before, information like my videos and the podcast and the blog didn't exist back then. There was information. There's plenty of it, but it was all the stuff I trash, you know, the the stuff that gets you into that 99% and keeps you there forever. So if it wasn't for my natural curiosity, and if it wasn't for this one thing that I did before I ever discovered Forex, um, I'm not sure if, if I'd even be talking to you right now. So I think there is an importance here. I think there are lessons here, and I think uh, it does deserve an episode of the podcast. And it is also the answer to a question I got from Tom from Los Angeles, California. Tom asks, you mentioned you were a sports better in a past life. I bet sports now. Did your sports betting background have anything to do with you becoming a Forex trader? 
Okay, so real quick, I know a lot of you guys are newer and have not had a chance to catch all the episodes of the podcast or the YouTube videos or anything like that. Um, so as a lot of you do know, I live in Las Vegas, and I have lived here since 2006. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, just because it's uh, it's a long time for somebody like me to be in one place. But uh, as far as places to end up, I could not have written it any better. I absolutely love it here, and it's one of the best decisions in life that I have ever made. The weather for eight months out of the year, and that includes right now, is nothing short of extraordinary. Um, It totally sucks ass for four months, but lately I've been leaving town during that time, so I'm generally pretty happy (laughs) with the weather no matter where I'm at. I used to really have to suffer through, you know, 118, 120 degree temperatures um, for extended periods of time, and that was really no fun. Uh, But lately, in terms of weather, I've been getting the best of it. Uh, The people out here are all really cool. They're very motivated. It's diverse. The girls are hot and mostly single because you don't really come to Las Vegas to settle down. But above all those things, you can really prosper in a city like this if you know what to do and what not to do. Just like in Forex trading. And we're going to talk about that a bit in this episode. Now, I, um, as usual, I kind of scat out my competition. And if you were to type, if you were to go to YouTube right now and type in Forex Casino, for example, you're going to see quite a few videos, um, one of which has over a million views, for Christ's sakes. And like every Forex trading video on YouTube, they are generally not going to help you at all. I mean, they're kind of good if you're 12 years old and you have no idea how investing or gambling or anything works. But for grown-ups who actually want to make money, they're just not very helpful. And I don't like singling out, you know, people who make videos. I'm not, I'm not doing that here. I'm telling you collectively what you're going to find if you type that phrase in. But what the number of video views on some of these videos tells me is, one, there are people that want to really understand the correlation here. And two, It is amazing the type of nonsense that gets religiously followed on Forex YouTube. And as long as it exists, it's going to continue to motivate me to put out the material that I put out. So when I first came to Vegas, I pretty much tried gambling on everything. You know, you're here, you know, you have all this freedom, you're making more money than you typically do. You know, let's go spend it. Let's go gamble. Let's be of the city, right? Well, then you start losing a lot because that's what you do when you gamble and you you have to make one of two choices. Do I keep doing this or do I decide that I like money and stop doing it? And so I chose B. Now, over time, I did find something I was relatively good at. I grew up a big sports fan. I always knew a lot more about sports than most people did. And actually, betting on sports was one thing to where I knew there was no actual house edge. I wasn't, you were supposed to lose, but you could actually beat it if you were good at it compared to something, you know, like slot machines or even blackjack nowadays. There's really no way. It's designed for you to lose money over time, and it's just a question of how much money are you going to lose. But sports betting, there was a little bit of an opportunity there if you really knew knew what you were doing to, uh, to prosper and make money. And after a year of not doing that and losing a lot, um, I finally did start to figure some things out, and I started to actually become profitable over time. Um, I just wasn't super profitable. I couldn't really live off of it. And then once I found Forex, I found something that was, at least in my mind, something I could make a real career out of, you know, something to where 
my fate wasn't in somebody else's hands. It was in mine. And so I naturally made that progression. But my sports betting background was key in putting me in a mind frame that was light years ahead of most traders before I even started. And I still made all the stupid mistakes. But had I not had the background I did and learned the things that I learned early on, I'm not sure if I would have ever figured it out. And so I want to pass those lessons on to you. And I already know this podcast is going to go long. I'm looking at it right now. But hey, fuck it. Here we go. So first off, sports betting and Forex both have this us versus them mentality to where it's us versus somebody who is clearly smarter than we are. In sports betting, it is Vegas. It's the bookmakers. It's the people who set the lines. And in Forex, it's the big banks. They have access to information that we will never have. They make price go exactly where they want it to go, and that is an advantage that we just don't have. Now, how do you beat those big, scary monsters on the other side of the table? Because most people aren't going to. So, for example, I always point to that 99%. Uh, over 99% of everybody who trades Forex is never going to get to those levels they want. Most of those people are going to lose money. And I've also said it before that Forex trading generally brings in fairly intelligent people right from the start. And that 99% is still 99%, all those things considered. Now, in sports betting, do you think the fail rate is higher or lower than it is in Forex? Have you seen most sports bettors? Have you seen what they look like, how they talk? I can say with supreme confidence that the fail rate in sports betting is even higher than it is in Forex trading. Most people who bet sports are complete idiots, and it doesn't matter what they do. They're going to lose all their money at some point. And because betting on sports is so thrilling, they're going to come back and do it again over and over. Now, over time, I had developed a very, very small reputation for being somebody who actually does come out on the plus side when it comes to betting sports. And so people would come ask me how I did it. And then I would tell them, and immediately they would want no part of my method. Because to them, it just wasn't exciting. And I guess the thrill was more important to them than money, even though they were broke all the time. Uh, but as you guys know, I love the unsexy because I would rather have money than the thrill. Because to me, having money is the thrill. But here's what I would do at first. The very first thing I had to realize is what sports am I good at? What sports am I terrible at? It really came down to only one sport that I had any kind of an edge in. And that was college football. And so just like my video where I told you to eliminate everything that doesn't work, I had to completely stop betting on all of these really exciting sports because I just wasn't netting a profit. Now, go tell a basketball fan that the secret to making money is to not bet his favorite sport, and he's not going to want to do that. It's totally unsexy, but little does he know that is absolutely step one of what you need to start doing. Eliminate all of the stuff that isn't working, consistently isn't working, and then quadruple down on the very few things that are. For those of you who are new to the podcast, I'm going to link that elimination video down below. That was part of the Core Concepts playlist. The Core Concepts playlist is all the most important concepts you need to know before you even start trading Forex. And that is one of the most important videos on the playlist. But if I went to my local sports book, and let's say there were 500 people in the sports book at any given time, I could look around and I would know almost for certain that I was the only one in that entire room that had the presence of mind to take this approach. I would sacrifice fun for money, just like in Forex. I would sacrifice trading the 15-minute chart. I would sacrifice using trend lines and stochastics 
because in the end, all I really wanted was a constant stream of money that I didn't have to actually go work for. That was my endgame, not the instant gratification thrill over and over again. There are plenty of other places, especially in Las Vegas, where you can go get something like that. Now, the other thing that separated me from just about everybody I knew in the sports betting game was, say it with me, money management. You think any of these yahoos had a disciplined money management approach? No. They had the exact opposite. Most people would take these crazy 8, 9, 10 team parlay bets, which means all 8, 9, or 10 teams that you bet would have to win, and you would get a gigantic payoff in the end if they did. The odds of these bets actually hitting were almost zero. The house advantage on these bets was extraordinary. The sports book even has separate lines that you stand in just for these type of bets, and those lines were always long. This is the equivalent of taking $500 and putting it in a Forex account and thinking that because of leverage, you can turn that $500 into $10,000 or even more. You certainly can. It is scientifically or mathematically possible. But the odds of that happening are as close to zero as you can possibly get. And then the most common thing you would see from a money management standpoint with most of these bettors is they would chase losses. If they lost one, they would bet more the next time just to try to get that money back. And all this did was accelerate their losses. And the worst part was I knew people that were really, really good at picking winners. Just like in Forex, people who are really good at trade entries that just don't have the money management. I worked with a guy back in 2008. His name is Marcus. I worked with him at a restaurant. He was a food runner. I was a waiter. And he was amazing at picking winners in the NBA, which nobody knows how to do. But because I'm such a nerd, I would talk to him and I would get his picks every night and I would track them and put them in a spreadsheet. And no kidding, in a two-month span, this guy hit 77% winners. To put it in perspective, if you hit 55% winners, that is considered a pro level in the world of sports betting. This guy was on another stratosphere. So over time, I would copy his picks and go make money. He would bet his own picks. And even at a 77% clip, which he stayed pretty consistent on, this guy just had a knack for picking these winners. But even at that clip, he ended up losing everything he had. He even lost his job. I came in one day, I'm like, where's Marcus? He usually works on Thursdays. And they said, "Uh, he's gone. Marcus's wife took the kid and bounced. They just left town because Marcus lost all their money. And he had to go after them and try to patch things up. And I have never seen him since, but I knew because we talked about how he bets and how he chases losses and how his money management is just completely out of whack. And so even at an unheralded win rate, um, it is still possible to lose everything. And I'm sure his story is not the only one out there. So when you are immersed in this culture and you spend a good two years of your life just surrounded by complete idiots with their sports jerseys and their sweatpants And then you actually run into some people who know what they're doing, but just have complete wasted talent because they make dumb decisions over and over again. You learn a few things. The biggest thing I learned is I don't want to be like these people. You know, I don't think I'm amazing, but I'm better than this. I can certainly do better. And I did. I was actually plus money in a game to where almost nobody comes out plus money in the end. And how did I do that? By doing two very simple things. Eliminating what didn't work and paying attention to having a disciplined money management approach. Traders, if you just do these two things just in life, things are generally going to turn out well for you. That was really my biggest takeaway from all this. 
But when it came to actual Forex trading, I did make all those mistakes early on, but I was able to look back and say, wait a minute, I am the Forex version of all these idiots in the sports book. I was able to recognize it pretty quick. And I feel like if I didn't learn these lessons early on in my time here, I may have never been able to get over that initial hump when I first started trading. And I honestly may have never figured it out. And then where would I be? Certainly not here talking to you. So traders, just understand if there's one takeaway from this episode, it is that the universe will constantly punish and constantly crush people who don't eliminate the things that are holding them back and who don't have a disciplined approach. And nowhere is that more clear than Las Vegas. For God's sakes, if you have an issue or a vice back where you are, whether it's booze or drugs or gambling, definitely don't come here because all of those things are magnified a hundred times over. But if you can get those two concepts locked down and make it a part of your life, the world, just like the Forex market, is there for the taking. So go take it. But before you go take over the world, give me a five-star review on iTunes, would you? It's uh, the one thing I ask. It's the one thing that really helps the podcast more than anything. And in return, we have a new trading video on Thursday, a new podcast episode next Monday. Go get it.